Hello everyone and welcome to Rolling Forward. I am your host Ben Baldieri and thank you for tuning in. Rolling Forward is dedicated to exploring topics related to mental health and sports and the interplay between the two. I'll be talking to high performers in various areas such as sport, entrepreneurship and business about their experiences with mental health and the struggles they have had and in doing so seeking to broaden the dialogue. Mental health is a huge issue which has historically not received the recognition it deserves so I'm looking to do my bit to change that. My guest today is Thames Wangpatravanich. Thames is the founder of Green, a lifestyle company founded on the principle that the first order of business is to give back. The three in the green logo represent the three Bs that form the core of the company philosophy, which is believe, balance, and be different. Green facilitates the busy lifestyles we live today through the provision of high-quality nutritional products centered around organic coconuts. These coconuts are found in such a way that through your consumption of them, it's not only your life that is transformed. The farmers' lives are transformed as well through sustainable business practice and pumping money back into the community. In this conversation, we explore Tem's entrepreneurial journey and the trials and tribulations of starting and running a business. We also explore his spiritual journey and how the darker times in his life, including an experience with overdose, served as the springboard for the lasting transformation that put him in the place he is in today. Enjoy. Thames, welcome. Welcome to my home. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me into your home. And yeah. I think the, the first thing that has struck me is that this is the first episode that I have recorded sat surrounded by candles and on cushions on the floor. So this is a... Three cats too, right? Three cats as well, <laughs> yeah. This is a novel experience. Now, the, the first time that we met was at a workshop being facilitated by Fionn Wright. Um, on meditation and that took us through a number of different varieties of meditation the whole kind of setup that we have at the moment tells me that meditation is something that is quite important to you in in your life could you tell us just a little bit about your practice okay well i would say highly highly significant to my life uh i do i use different approach uh depending on how i feel days to day weeks to weeks but lately i kind of get back to how i train my uh, concentration or samadhi and another one is uh, mindfulness right to be aware basically so with the simple simplest way you can uh, train your concentration or being focused is just to count your breathing you know without without thinking just follow the counting counting 10 and then come back one to ten and that's when I think it helps me get into the first first layer of Samadhi where I start to feel more relaxed more peaceful more calm and then I start to uh, practice mindfulness uh, by scanning my body trying to be aware of the environment and just be aware of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, but the reason I I do that counting at first because, uh, especially this day, I have so much uh, things in my mind: uh, concern, fear about businesses, uh, about relationship, and so to really just come sit and just be aware of, to just practice of the awareness or mindfulness, uh, sometimes is quite difficult, and so I'm trying to utilize the uh, concentration practice to kind of like settle me down first and then I'll go into that one. Mm-hmm. And is there like 
has it taken you a while to kind of refine this practice into to something that you feel you get the most benefit from? Because as I said, like the workshop that we participated in, we were taken through a number of different practices. Yeah. Were you introduced to mindfulness as kind of the first form of meditative practice or was that something that you've arrived at over time and you figured out is the one that's the most effective for you? Well, I would say I start meditate uh, around 10 years now when I first started it because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I, I've been doing some research where it says like, oh, successful people meditate, right? And because I'm from Thailand, uh, we are a Buddhist country, we're supposed to meditate. But ironically, pe- normally people don't meditate, right? And so I trying to meditate uh, back then but what I learned is that I cannot sit still with like just one or two minutes so I kind of gave up at first but then when I start to do yoga that's when I actually get into deeper and deeper into exploring consciousness you can mm-hmm. put it that way yeah so is it that connection with the the body that you get from yoga that you found is <clears throat> more important for you to kind of develop that connection yes for sure i mean i think it's kind of hard to explain to people who never meditate or do yoga uh, but what i realize or learn is that let's say for example when i spend a day watching youtube and i try to meditate i can feel right away that my my concentration my awareness mm-hmm. is just a mess you know and so yeah mm. yeah I found something similar like my practice I will try and do it within two hours of getting up so I'll get up I'll go and do some exercise and then I'll meditate after I've finished if I miss that window and then I try and do it say at the end of the day after work bringing everything in bringing that concentration and bringing that awareness back to the back to the single point of focus that is the breath for example that takes a long long time if it happens at all yeah, it takes a long, long time, for mm-hmm. sure. I would say even the first 30 minutes after you wake up, when you're still in the theta brainwave, that's the best to to, to realign and to become still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your brain is set up for it, so perhaps I'm going to have to move my practice a little bit earlier in the day. Yeah. Now, the, the spiritual aspect of your life is is something that you've said is, is quite important to you in terms of managing your day-to-day and the stresses of the business that mm. you're running. So could you tell us a little bit about the business? Give us like a, a surface view of what green is. Okay. Uh, so I normally I normally speak to people that green has two products. One is the healthy imported coconut products uh, to the world market. The second would be the awareness of a balanced lifestyle which I find that it leads to a longevity and at the same time a purposeful life. So if to give you a very surface, very, the simplest version of what green is, that is it. Mm-hmm. So would you say that it's more of a, a, a products-focused company or more of a sort of lifestyle-focused company with a focus on kind of eliciting positive personal uh, change? I. More, more on the later one. I would say green is a platform. Mm-hmm. The product is just one of the tools that we utilize to to create the to raise awareness, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, 
because I I wish to see uh, a fully conscious human being societies. I, I think it would be quite exciting, you know, the world where uh, we are fully honest with who we are and uh, and we are able to express ourselves honestly. Pure pure passion, honest expression, that is the face that I, I, I hold my value up high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how does how does Green go about accomplishing this? Tell us a bit about your product first. Okay, sure. So uh, let me tell. Let me share a little bit about how this brand started. And is that okay? Sure, of course. Okay. Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, just now I mentioned that I came to China because I I was lost. I didn't know who I was, and the opportunity of this green business came when I was doing yoga uh, in a yoga studio. And so, at first, what we trying to do was to create the coolest coconut water brand. You know, but after the first year, we realized that uh, it was too difficult to mm-hmm. to make that come true because the team was quite inexperienced. We didn't have uh, capital to do anything, so we were just like a group of young people who get a loan from a friend and decided, hey, we want to do something about it. And so the team broke off after the first year, uh, left with me and one of the employee back then. From that moment on, Green has transformed from just a company that sells products to a company that aiming to positively impact the societies. But of course, people may ask, so how coconut related to impacting societies? When I say impact societies, what I dream of or what I vision uh, is to see uh, societies that people can, you know, live their life like uh, with smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, with positivity, you know, with less dramas. Uh, and so I thought, how can we achieve that stage of mind? How is that even possible in the larger scales? And then I, I trying to figure that out. And what I learned is that we are all, we are able to accept that concept of life only when we have uh, a healthy mind, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so... I was like, okay, then how can we have a healthy mind? I'm trying to look for the for the cause of healthy mind or the foundation of having a healthy mind, which is the healthy physical body, mm-hmm. you know, because when you are sick, let's say you have a fever and they say, hey, Ben, why don't you be positive, man? Yeah. And you probably like, F off, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Your, your perceptions yeah. when, you're, when you're unwell end up um, very different. It's very, very different. It's, it really depends on the energy of, your, of, of, of ourselves, right? So when we have high energies, we tend to be in, in awe, in compassion. We want to spread the love because mm-hmm. we have so much of energy. But when we have low in energy, we tend to not care about anyone. We tend to be more selfish. Mm-hmm. And so, Coconut product are the is the part of the first layer of this foundation, which is, you know, to have a physical healthy physical body, you have to eat healthy, balance, drink healthy, balance. You exercise uh, well and balance, and then you rest well. So with this component, with these elements, then we have that foundation. Okay. And once we have this foundation, now it's all about you can awareness build from the yes, foundation. Yes. How would you define a, a healthy mind in this context? So it's the, mm. is that a case of individuals having, being in a state of mind where they are able to kind of perceive things for as they are 
as opposed to how they perceive them to be. Like, for example, you said, like, when you're ill, when you have yeah. a fever, yeah. someone tells you to pick yourself up or dust yourself off or be positive, you're going to tell them to fuck off <laughs> quite rapidly. <laughs> exactly. it, is it a case of people kind of losing that subjective perception and being able to objectively experience their reality? Totally. To be able to see things as it is, but this requires practice. Yep. This requires a lot of uh, balanced foundation, which, you know, the physical body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Are you a, a fan of Stoic philosophy? Stoic? Stoic philosophy. Uh, I wouldn't say, but uh, I have a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brandon, Brandon, who runs the, the Shanghai, Shanghai Mindfulness Center. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Brandon, I think his first spiritual... Uh, studying was with stoic yep uh i am not but from my from my understanding after studying through buddhism Mm -hmm. hinduism uh and and you know uh quantum physics everything is the same man you're trying to talk about the same thing just from different angle that's it i mean this this concept of being able to to see reality for what it is not what we think it is that's one of the kind of core tenets of stoic philosophy and this It's packaged in quite a kind of emotionless, hard exterior. Uh, but as you say, I mean, these... No drama bullshit, exactly, right? Exactly. the point. These, I, I like that too. Uh, some people might find it hard, yeah. right? To accept the, the fact, the reality. We, yeah. we like to live in, in like, a, like a self-identifying society, mm-hmm. you know? So we look to, to others to kind of provide us with our identity as opposed to... Mm being able to develop that understanding of your identity for yourself like I am me and I tell me who is me as opposed yep. to I'm not really sure where yep. I am yep. I'm going to look for maybe a car or money or a job yep. or something to tell me who I am and where I fit exactly the people. society is actually an, a big echo dome right yeah <laughs> we just bump back yep. and forth you know of who we think we are mm-hmm. right yeah so in terms of sourcing your product um you're focused on coconut products, so this is things like coconut water. I've personally experienced the coconut chips when I was competing in one of the the more recent um, Shanghai Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. And oh, they were, okay. That okay. was, I think, my first experience of the coconut chips, and they went down fantastically. Um, <laughs> also things like coconut oil and that. In terms of you sourcing your products, I've had a little look on your website, and mm. your focus is more on harvesting the best crop um and it being organic and sustainable yeah how important is that aspect of the business i i would say the only way that we can do business is to do it in a sustainable way yeah right if you if if i look to do business just to gain like a short-term benefit for me that is not the right investment i want to put in yeah because i'm lazy you know, <laughs> I want to do things that sustain forever. And so how does this, uh, uh, what does it mean to the business that I do or where I source the product? Uh, I call it stakeholders, you mm-hmm. know. So for us, stakeholders are highly crucial, important in terms of how can we achieve the vision that I mentioned earlier as well. Mm-hmm. You know, wanted to see like a conscious societies and a, a more purposeful world. So... For us, the product itself, the quality of the product, uh, this goes through 
the company's culture norms, and at the same time, we we communicate this to society. Uh, we never negotiate for the price with our f- uh, production facility, and that just because we understand that everyone want to make a living, and so sometimes when you ne- negotiate too much, uh, people they want to make a living, mm-hmm. they will say yes, we can do it, but then maybe your product is not uh, stable, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they use a lower quality raw material mixed with good quality raw material mm-hmm. just so that they can sell the product to you. And because of this particular reason, and we, we hold hand with our facility as well, uh, because what we were aiming to do is that the profit of this, the right, the sufficient profit of this go into the farmers as well. Meaning, meaning that uh, we actually pay the farmer more than uh, the average market mm-hmm. price. And the reason that we have to do that because for our facility, we have fixed costs, which is of the machine, the warehouse, and everything that we already invested in, and so we cannot afford to have supply shortage. Yeah, of course. Right, and so, so by not paying the premium price, you maintain that little <coughs> bit more security. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So now the farmers they understand that who pays more, <laughs> they're gonna uh, give you the okay, best yep. best raw materials, right, and then make sure you don't have any supply shortage. But it also have other long-term positive impact which is <clears throat> because now because uh, first we have to understand that farmers in Asia are not like the one in Europe or in America uh, from what from my understanding uh, farmers in America or Europe normally have money right they, they're quite well off but uh, for us Asia or at least in Thailand they are quite poor right because uh, farmers seems to be like a how do you say occupation where people think that is for the lower class level uh and so when farmers they have kids they're trying to make kids go into the city and do something else yeah but what we're trying to do is that we're trying to make people from the city and go back to the farms mm-hmm. right but to be able to do that it has to have sufficient income and revenue coming into and so by doing this it kind of incentivize it kind of motivate farmers to come uh to increase their product uh increase their farming and harvest knowledge and know-how uh, to make it as competitive, probably like a, maybe more yield per year with a higher quality in, in terms of ratio and how can we turn this coconut into products, right? And so with this being said, more and more people with higher education will jump in, just like a hemp industry in the US yeah. where everyone's jump in, right? And so that's what we're trying to do because we understand that in Southeast Asia, not only Thailand has coconut. And so Vietnam also have coconut, Philippines, Indonesia, Everyone has coconut, mm-hmm. right? But how can we compete with them? Mm-hmm. So there's quite a lot of potential to kind of facilitate this this positive change where the the perception, the social perception of farming as kind of a historically being a more of a lower class job mm. and something that you want your kids to get out of because you're looking to get give them better opportunities yeah. than you had. Flipping that on its head, such the sustainable enterprise. Yeah. Um, becomes kind of the name of the game and you're looking to to drive that change totally because okay. i mean yeah. in thailand num- uh, agricultural used to be number one yeah a G- gdp generator but right now uh tourism is number one mm-hmm. but i think for agricultural we still have a lot of potential in that sense because in southeast asia our agricultural products qualities tend to be above average but our cost also higher than average, right? But if yeah. we are able to uh, get into that economic of scales where the price is 
same as other Southeast Asian country while we have higher quality now we're talking about a proper sustainable yeah. uh, business right and back to the other side not only the farmers uh, we are able to provide the quality product with reasonable price and now with this message going out I hope people can see that hey when you buy a green product it's not just buying a product you're actually helping uh, shifting the whole uh, what do you call it? Like a supply chain yeah. that affect the world, right? And so, when we have uh, when we have this kind of product that we can supply to the the market to the society in, in in China, and when people getting healthier and healthier and healthier, this individual healthy people will turn to into a commune community yeah. group of healthy people, which this community group of healthy people. Uh, turns into uh, societies, mm-hmm. right? A healthy societies, and like I said in just now, when you have, you want to share. Yeah. And so when now you are healthy, you are happy. You want to share how other people can. How you did it. How, how you did it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And once we have a society of this, a collective society of this, now we change the world, mm-hmm. right? People. Some people may think this is like a dream far far away, but I don't think so because it's not just me who think like this. I see so many social enterprise. Uh, you call social enterprise? Yeah, social enterprises. Right, yeah. like uh, I see a lot of like uh, people uh, have this kind of vision. You know, like as of YouTube, you see a lot of those like a uh, uh, spiritual teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, in the more modern way, and trying to get people into that. And so, what I'm doing right now is just being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this is this is one aspect of green. The other aspect that you mentioned was the platform. Mm. And from what you said, it sounds like community is something that is is quite an important part of that platform. Um, What areas, take us through some of the sports that Green is involved in, because I've had interaction with your products from a jujitsu standpoint. (laughs) Um, What other sports are you involved in? Well, actually, we used to uh, support all sort of community. Mm -hmm. Just lately, we have to be more selective because not many of them actually give us the return on investment. And as a company, we also need to have a healthy yeah, cash flow. Otherwise, we cannot achieve our dream if we die right now. Uh, so to answer your question, like combat sport for sure, martial arts. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of it. And from Thailand, I watched Muay Thai growing up. Uh, I also trained myself, mm-hmm. fought as well. And How many fights? Just one. Just one? Yeah, just Not one. enough? <laughs> actually, after I won it, pretty impressive as well nice. and uh three months after that i feel like god you yeah. know like wow i'm like yes yes <laughs> yes you know but then at the same time i was aware of my ego it raising really high said like, hey man come down come down it took me three months to, to came down yeah. even though i was aware since the beginning and and afterward i i like to spar so mm-hmm. i spar a lot and uh, what i learned is that the concussion is real you know, yeah, the risk is it's, it's real, especially when I have when I have to run a company and then I have headache thinking about business. You know, like not not like concern or fear, but like just physically, Some like that, something yeah. is there, and that bothers me a lot. Like I got angry really easily, so I was like, okay, maybe my body is trying to tell me something. It's okay, I can still do many things, right? So, sorry to drag you away no, from no, that. No, no, not at all. Uh, with sport BJJ for sure mm-hmm. Muay Thai MMA we work with one championships you know we sponsor yep. some of their events and, and BJJ events as well and uh, uh, we used to work with like a fence, fencing like a, mm-hmm. a football soccer 
You call a football, right? Yeah, from England, yeah. right? Yeah. The correct. Yeah, the, the correct, correct one. The, the only one. <laughs> it's not not a pigskin, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yoga, you know, fitness, weightlifting. Uh, but late, later on, right now, we focus more on the FNB, mm-hmm. FNB community. Yep. But we still connect these two communities together because uh, they how you say both of them have their specific needs yeah. which both of them can provide to each I mean, other I've been a part of the fitness community an active participant for quite some time and there is definitely some overlap between fitness and food for sure there is 100% for sure. some overlap for sure. there for sure for sure so this this kind of journey into building a, a social enterprise Green has been running for five years now five years five years and then Prior to that, you mentioned that you you come to Shanghai looking for something, looking yeah. for an opportunity. Um, not, what? What not really opportunity? Opp- I mean, opportunity, opportunity to is find, kind of like the broad find sense. myself. Yeah. yeah. What led you to to come to Shanghai in the first place? How much can I speak about this? Like, as much as, as you want. No okay. limit. <laughs> okay. So I was born in like a quite well-off family. So from young, I was treated, I was spoiled, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was a spoiled little brat, right? And uh, after I got back from New Zealand, uh, I used to play a lot of sports, every kind of sports. I'm in the sport team for everything. And was quite healthy, was quite positive. And once I got back to Thailand in the university, at that moment when I was start to start seeking to find myself, mm-hmm. and because of the environment, uh, the approach that I used was to go out, party, drink, have a lot of sex, uh, a lot of drugs and substances, car racing, you know, get into uh, a lot of bullshit drama, yeah. you could say that. And all of just because I I didn't understand anything, I was just looking to find that ease moment, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I went in that perspective, which I have a big gratitude towards that. Why? Uh, because because of this experience, distortion of the mind, uh, it allows me to appreciate the stillness of the mind much mm-hmm. more, you know. And uh, so after a few a few near death experience, either from uh, influence of substance, drive car into accidents, or OD, uh, where my parents found me uh, unconscious in the uh, in my own place at that moment. <laughs> And I had to go to hospital and I saw my parent cry. Technically, I was a, 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 a how do you say, it? like a, a shit bag, yeah. you know? And uh, I, I, after I saw my parent cry many times, the last time I was like, mm, it's okay if I hurt myself, I don't give a shit, but- Can't do that anymore. Yeah, when I start hurting people around me, that's too much. And so, I was like, okay, but what am I going to do then? I, I don't know anything. I don't have any experience. At the same time, uh, my family business went down because the economics uh, downturn, regression. And so from having everything to having nothing, everything happened at the same time. And yeah, I, I wanted to run away. You know, I was just like, okay, I need to change my environment then. And so I saw my asset come up, come have a little bit of saving and then I just flew to China in the hopes that if I put myself where the, a lot of opportunity meets 
maybe something will happen to me. Mm-hmm. So that's when I start doing yoga, start meditating, and from black turned into transparency. Green. <laughs> yeah, to green. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you, you, you had a propensity for putting yourself in kind of dangerous situations. What was it that kind of drew you to those situations? Because from from my perspective, um, when I was younger, I dealt with, I say I dealt with, I still deal with depression on a fairly regular basis and it kind of comes in peaks and, peaks and troughs as it were. But when I was younger and things were particularly bad, I didn't put myself in dangerous situations, but self-harm was mm. something that kind of provided me with a semblance of, of solace because it was a way that I could one control something and two feel something because feelings were so muted in Mm. those time periods that this was something that I had control over that was guaranteed to make me feel something positive Mm. or negative Mm, mm, mm. was was there that sort of thing for you as well in terms of you need I I would say at that moment it was just pure unconscious human being and that's it you know, I lost so many ATM card, the cash card. Yeah. <laughs> I go get the money. I forgot in there many times, you yeah. know, like just, just a lot of unconscious behavior, which made me feel like so fucking stupid, man. I, I got to yeah. stop that. Yeah. So it's not, like I said, deep down inside me, I was looking for something, mm-hmm. but consciously, I don't understand that. So I was unconscious human being, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So you're just kind of a passenger in your own life. as Yeah, well. exactly, exactly. Observing things happening to you, but not, wasn't even observing, you know. Just drunk driving all the way. All the time, yeah. yeah. So your your parents seeing your parents cry then was that the turning point for you? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I I made my parents suffer quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But that time was just like a peak. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, things gonna change. That perspective yeah, thing, shift. Things yeah. gonna change because uh, I I. I don't, I imagine myself like the seven and 50, 60, I'm still like this, you know, because I have friends uh, who still like this, where they, they have money, they are like 50, 60 years old, but they're still like lost with their life. And mm-hmm. I was like, nah, man, things got to change. That's, that's not what I want. Yeah. That's yeah. not what I wanted. Yeah. And so why, why China? Is it because China presented the kind of the, the, um, the best, opportunity to put yourself at that crossroads for where things could happen to you and for you as it were okay i would share a little bit about the history because my great-grandparents are from fujian china Mm -hmm. and uh my grandparents in thailand and they do business they did they still do business and we did a lot of business with china we still do a lot of business with china and so for me, they, they they were trying so hard to put me in China, but I didn't come, mm-hmm. right? Because I to me that time like all my friends like oh U.S. or like a uh, Europe, you know, trying yeah. to be like cool and shit. And uh, technically, I didn't understand this country. I didn't understand anything about this, so so I was afraid. But at that moment, I was like, okay, I need to put myself, you know out of misery, misery by uh, putting myself in somewhere I think maybe it put me out of 
comfort zone. Yeah. And I understand that I've been following China, even though I didn't want to come. I've been following like what's happening in China. So everything kind of play a part into like a, it's all about timing, right? And that mm-hmm. point when it hits, I just, okay, I'm here. It's not like, oh, one day I want to come to China. No, it's mm-hmm. like a, uh, like a consequ- like a lot of continuity of what happened in my life. And then things kind of line up and it's like, that's what I need to go. Yeah. That's what I need to do. Exactly. So was in, in putting yourself in this, this entirely new environment, um, did you find that that massive situational change made it easier for you to adopt the, the more positive habits, for example, deepening your meditative practice, getting involved in things like yoga and that? Had you tried to get involved with that sort of thing before coming here? Actually, when before I came here, I started yoga, mm-hmm. but I started yoga because I wanted my mom to exercise. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I just went with her. At that time, it was only me, only guy in a room full of female. And I was like, oh, I cannot do anything. Oh, I'm so <laughs> stiff. And like, I'm the weakest one, you yeah. know? I've it, experienced that. <laughs> yeah. It was quite a torture. But then I think that kind of built foundation for me when I come to China as mm-hmm. well. The first two, three years in China, exactly same shit as, as I was in Thailand. Party, party, party. Like I, I would say like four or five days a week. And uh, full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I, my players come, party, yeah. you know, <laughs> everyone comes. And, but then every time when people left my apartment, I cry yeah. uh, because I felt so empty. I felt like it's still not it. This is like I moved the country, but my lifestyle is still exactly the same why I'm here. and was so empty from inside and kind of want to kill myself you know like suicidal and then I decided that I would stop being friend with the circle of friends back then I was like okay cut everything I've got to do this yeah Yeah, I've got to do this so I I I solitude myself you know I used to watch a lot of footballs a lot of like uh, sport news and everything Mm -hmm. cut everything also the distraction I want nothing at all every day I just go do yoga and uh, trying to like uh, make my own food, eat healthy and stay on like a low budget so that I can sustain as, as long as possible. And and yeah, that's how, that's when things start to change mm-hmm. bit by bit, bit by bit from a fucking completely loser to like a guy who's like, oh, I start to get it now. Mm-hmm. This is the feeling of like, oh, okay. Agency, this is, this is what it feels mm-hmm. like to be able to to get into the driver's seat as opposed to exactly. out of the trunk as it were. <laughs> exactly and drunk <laughs> yeah. so the this this kind of sounds as though it, it ties back into what you're doing with green in terms of the products being something that's very important because developing the developing a healthy body mm. is something that is is very important to developing a healthy mind Exactly. Um, is there? Is it? Has it only been yoga that you focused on? Um, at, at, or, that, at that moment, just yeah. pure yoga. Yeah. Uh, I was, what sort of yoga was it? Uh, everything, was, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> just I, yoga. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I used to go to pure. Uh, so, yeah, just go to different ones mm-hmm. from the from the first level to the last level. I just go. I just do do as much yoga as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luckily, I experienced blissfulness, I think, two times 
where my body, my breath, and my mind are fully aligned and just pure awareness without any physical pain. I remember it was like half moon pose where I sweat like a chick, but at one point everything stopped and then I just smiled to myself and said, Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Start to understand now. And, and that's when I put even more attention to meditation. And from five minutes to 10 minutes to 15 minutes to 20 to 30 to 40. So that's how everything kind of like uh, accumulated. Snowballed from there. Yeah, snowballed from yeah. there. And, and after that, then I think my intention become more pure in terms of what I want to do with my life. And green is the opportunity that came to me. Mm-hmm. like single-handedly like uh. so there it is there's the opportunity yeah. so now that you're it's obviously like it sounds like you're in a much better place on a more consistent basis do you find that there are still kind of ups and downs for sure really? struggles every day yeah. uh, I would say it's impossible to be without struggles yeah. but more of like you close that fluctuated graph yeah. You know, where normally you're like this yeah. and now you're kind of like, oh, okay, that's it's a smaller, smaller. The struggles still exist, yeah, but they're yeah. more manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's even possible for you to have no struggle at all uh, unless you get into that enlightened mode where you are fully aware and in the smarty for like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Without getting to that stage of consciousness, consciousness I think we go to struggle because struggle is nothing but reacting to our thoughts and emotions mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah. it's a difference between your your perceptions and reality as it were and kind of wanting reality to be more attuned with your perceptions yep. as it were so yep. what, how is suffering defined suffering is the difference between what is and what you want exactly that's it <laughs> it's it's an interesting one because I've, I've found personally that again with meditation if I don't meditate or I don't engage in some form of meditative practice, so that could be, for example, jujitsu for me, hence the name of the podcast, Rolling Forward, is something that I found is very effective at putting me in for that sure. headspace where you're a lot more attuned to what is going on in the present moment. Yeah. Without that sort of practice, then your perceptions become your reality, mm. as it were. Your subjective experience becomes so much more important than what you are objectively experiencing. Yeah, it's what you think is happening, not what is actually happening. And that's that's an interesting one. Um, so, in terms of in terms of developing kind of a healthy body, diet is a huge aspect of it. Meditation. This is kind of another aspect of it. This fulfills the the spiritual aspects as well. I'm guessing. For you, sorry, could you this the, the meditation fulfills that kind of the spiritual need as well, because it sounds as though you kind of have a, a three pronged approach to developing kind of a this this healthy mind this yeah. contact this concept of the healthy mind where you have a healthy mind a healthy body and a healthy spirit. Yeah, body is through products, spirit is through meditation, yeah. and the the platform that green present green. Um, provides and then mind is through your your more personal practices mm, yeah in terms of developing that into a wider community mm. what are your plans with green in the future to do that well i mean we already doing this anyway uh, by connecting the dots 
because this stage of consciousness or this awareness, once you put them all together, then things start to uh, how do you say explode not explode but start to fruit through mm-hmm. and so to answer your question we support uh, all kind of positive community in terms of how can we become a better human being uh, either exercise either meditation either spiritual related uh, all sort of them you know sound healing you know a study of stoic or like quantum physics or Buddhism or yogi or Hinduism, everything, any of these uh, are the community that we're trying to bring Mm -hmm. together. Uh, One might be a little bit further from the center, which is where we are or where green is, but uh, we're trying to pull everything in together and Mm -hmm. together. So you're you're looking to set green up as sort of a hub, as it were, like a a bit of a conduit that kind of links these these communities that... Yeah, because because we are the only commercial brand that have this kind of mindset, mm-hmm. right? Other like for them, they are there already, this community, yeah. but they do not come in terms of commercial, right? So mm-hmm. because of this realization, we were like, okay, the most uh the, the the shortest connection between the mass, right? And 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 to this is through commercial products or services. Yeah. Because to them, they don't care about this. They don't understand the spiritual. They don't care about this. All they care is just about material. How can I have more material so that I can be more stuff fulfilled, yeah. fulfilled, right? More stuff so that we can more fulfill, which they will learn along the way that is not the case. And so with this commercial identity, we aim to be the connection between people who do not care about the the spiritual world at all to the spiritual world because sometimes the spiritual world is too deep. Yeah. Right? It's too deep. It's hard to understand. And mm-hmm. so I'm aiming for green to be that in that sense. Uh, but at the same time, in the near future, I hope to create a, a spiritual center in Thailand, uh, hopefully in Phuket, where we have uh, mountains and we have the beaches together. I want to have a place where we can do like silence retreat. We can have, we all have organic farms where people can come and detox and learn about conscious eating, conscious cooking, and maybe yoga teacher trainings. Uh, and I'm trying to rearrange the energy. I'm trying to rearrange the energy of the space and hopefully it can attract more and more mm-hmm. people and inspire people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's possible for um, individuals to to develop that kind of sense of spiritual awareness without a challenging experience to go through? Uh, I think it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why? Because for spiritual experience, uh, we can experience it in two ways. One, by being forced into realization, meaning that going through a lot of suffering and pain, just like what I had with, you know, all the experience that I had to the point where I was like, okay, I cannot take it no more. And then I try and, and then once that happened, then you start to realize things about life, the spirituality, what is real, what is not. And another approach or another uh, type of experience would be meditation 
you know how can we realign ourselves uh, so that we can uh, experience new things uh, from the inside of us and that's when the understanding of spirituality start to emerge mm-hmm. do you think that there is a way that people can can put themselves in a situation where they are exposed to that level of stimulus for example Richardson was the um, gentleman who introduced me to you. Yeah. Richardson is heavily involved in the, the Spartan racing community. Using, say, something like Spartan, which is a, an immense physical challenge, is there a way that people could use something like that to expose themselves to something that would be a big enough driving, a big enough force to kind of help elicit that? perspective shift that comes with a spiritual awakening as yeah. it were to, I, to use that term from my understanding and experience i would say physical pain will get us there slower than emotional pain mm-hmm. right so let me share a little bit about example from the spiritual mm-hmm. history for example buddha he used to not eat he used to torture himself for i don't remember six to eight years Uh, just to get into that spiritual enlightenment because before in yogi practice you torture yourself right yeah Yeah. (laughs) not comfortable I mean besides the asana I mean Mm -hmm. there are some other practices that actually kind of like give yourself physical pain uh, without eating and anything as well so that you get into the stage where there's no more important to the physical world and the Buddha went through that for six to eight years uh, to until he realized that he need the physical body yeah. to be able to get into that enlightenment stage of consciousness. So after he start eating again and become healthy with physical body, that's when he actually become the Buddha. And I think it makes sense because uh, we cannot disregard our physical body, right? Otherwise, why we have it? It doesn't make sense why why nation why the universe or the nature give us this physical body mm-hmm. for us to discuss so that we can go behind uh be, be, can we, we can go above. I don't think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The notion that the the physical body is kind of a vessel through which yeah. your consciousness experiences reality yeah. is it's an interesting idea, but it also disregards the importance of that physical body in the experience of so, reality. Totally. So to get back to Richardson's mm-hmm. side, I mean, I respect him a lot. He's my very, very good friends. I support him and we work together as well. But to answer the question that you give, I think it's not as effective to have the spiritual realization with physical pain. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I think before before we finish, finish already. There's you, well, are you bored? <laughs> I mean, no, 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 not at all. I mean, how much more time do you have? We can. Continue. I have, I have, I have. Oh, well, yeah. in that case, then yeah. is from a from an emotional perspective. Then, mm. if emotional pain is something that is more powerful in terms of kind of causing that spiritual awakening, yeah. is there a way that you think that people could simulate that? Or is that something you just kind of have to? You mean people like, want to be if in if people want pain? if people want to have this kind of spiritual awakening, but are not in a place whereby they have the emotional stimulus that is going to elicit that change? Mm. Is there a way that people could do that 
instead? Well, I, I wouldn't say that people would uh, volunteer to create their own emotional pain. Like, mm-hmm. let's say somehow go and stab their own mother so that they can feel so painful. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone with the right mind would do that. Would want the pain. Yeah, want the pain. Uh, but with the practices of like meditation, I think we can use it to cultivate ourselves. And once we cultivate like peeling onions, right? Once we cultivate more and more and more, that's when we have that spiritual awakening as well. Because spiritual awakening is nothing but self-transformation, yeah. right? It's just like, okay, now I understand why I'm here. Yeah. You know, and that's it. There's nothing too far to be able to grab. It's just part of transformation of human being. Mm-hmm. Do you think that with the advent of social media, um, and how ubiquitous it's become that it's more difficult to to develop that sense of awareness that you need to make a change. For example, there was obviously, um, with your experience, there was the, you became very acutely aware that the lifestyle that you were leading was not sustainable, was not, going to take you where you ultimately wanted to go so you cut out the football you cut out the friend group that was being toxic and this kind of led you down the path that you're on now with social media is it more difficult for people to come to that realization because we're, we live in a world now where your attention is guarded by everything like mm. every, everything is set up to hold your attention and to stop that yeah, that exactly. sort of awakening from happening yeah. Is that, is it more difficult now? Mm, I would say it's more like a two-side sword. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't say social media is a bad thing. It's just two-side swords because without social media, I don't think we would be able to reach such an awareness of meditation, right? Yes. Right? Otherwise, my, mindfulness, there's mindfulness industry where people generate billions of dollars. I mean, like, without social media, this wouldn't happen. Wouldn't have existed. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I don't think it will prevent us from reaching there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it about social media then? That's the, what's the difference between it being something that can be destructive, a destructive force, and being a positive change? What, what is the difference between those two things? If you, if you have two people using it, and one person is able to use it to drive change and one person is being used by it, mm. as it were. Oh, what okay. is the difference between those two people? I would say self-awareness, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, if that's... Scrolling for hours through Instagram yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. like here, dopamine hit, dopamine yeah, hit. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Which I think is quite common. Yeah. But again, self-awareness, like maybe after a while, you're like, oh, okay, now I have It's been to a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, you know, and it's going to be difficult to step away too because of those dopamine hits, right? Yeah. Uh, and our body get addicted to it. So it's quite difficult. Hmm. Have you struggled with social media use? Like, of for course, example, of with um, when Green started, you mentioned it was... There was initially quite, was it quite a large team, like six people, and then it dropped down to you and an employee. Yeah. I'm guessing that at that point, you were kind of a, a one-man band or two-man band where mm. you're doing the marketing, the product development. Everything, basically. Everything. I started that because as the logistic like a manager. Mm-hmm. You know, I just outsource, I help direct the product to China, and that's it. I didn't have any sales background. I had marketing background. I didn't have any finance background, and suddenly I do everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was quite uh, scary at first, and but I was like, okay, either I have two options, either I go back to Thailand, uh, have a loser tag on my head, and uh, sitting on the beach drinking coconut water, or maybe I keep going and see what's gonna happen next. Mm-hmm. So that was the question. So for social media, actually, it's part of the slogan of our brand. So in green, there's number three. Yeah. Right, and number three stands for three Bs: balance, belief, and be different. And so, balance we talk about it already. How mm-hmm. can we have that spiritual awakening? You need a balanced lifestyle because without with a little bit too much of effort, sometimes we don't get there. Sometimes with the just right amount of effort, we get there. Mm-hmm. Right, and so with social media, I would say to be different because what I learned is that. Uh, the reason that I was so sad, uh, not satisfied with myself before, or I wasn't happy about myself before, it's just because I was trying to be someone else. You know, you I look at the social media and it's like, oh, this guy have this, this guy have a hotter girlfriend, or maybe yeah. like a, a beautiful car, or whatever, and then I just become so obsessed with my own suffering, and so I realized that uh, without following the trends. Where I truly appreciate who I am, hundred uh, percent. That's when I gain my happiness back. Mm-hmm. And so, with social media, with Green, it's highly important. We use social media to promote our content, our awareness. But then, at the same time, it also raises that awareness of just be different, man. Be yeah. who you are. Embrace, authentic. embrace the differences. Exactly. So. The thing that you struggled with initially was the the comparisons with with other people. Mm. If someone's listening and they find that that's something that they struggle with quite a lot, how could how could they change that? How could they move away from those comparisons? Mm, I would say first question would be why are you using that platform to begin with? Are you looking to gain some sort of pleasantness? Or are you looking to gain some sort of uh, painfulness or suffering? Mm-hmm. And if your answer is pleasantness, maybe you have to reflect on how on on the behavior that you have on the social media. So see which one that you do, uh, and then it doesn't make your body feel comfortable. Maybe do less of that and do more of the other thing. Uh, I would say it might be a little bit tricky, but. Uh, that intuition of your body, how your body feel when you go through all those of social media would help. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of going back to self-awareness. Yeah, totally. Being able to, to, to figure out what it is that you're feeling and why that you're feeling it as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, emotions are, are tricky things. They, they hide behind other emotions. So yeah. one thing will manifest as something else. Yeah, totally. I would say I was quite surprised because lately I've been speaking to quite a few number of friends and yeah. entrepreneurs. I just learned that they don't understand what emotion means. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if they do this, they feel proud of themselves. Yeah. I ask them, how do you feel? They're like, I feel proud. But how do you feel? Like, when you feel proud, like, how do so you... What actually, does that feel like in your body? Yeah, yeah, what is that? You feel that inside. Because what I learned is that this proud moment in my head can be illusion, but this body feel mm-hmm. is always 100% pure. Like, you cannot fake that. Your body cannot fake. 
And so, yeah, I, I, I think because in our education system, we don't teach about emotion. You know, we don't have a list where how many types of happiness, how many types of uh, fear and anger and suffering and uh, how do you classify, how you identify it. Mm-hmm. Because without this education, uh, we have confusion and chaos society that we have right now. And that's why it's so easy to distract people, right? Yeah. Because well, that people are looking for a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Looking for that shiny exactly. thing, the, the lore, as it were. Like, because I, I, I've written about the, I can't remember who said the quote, um, but all of man's problems stem from his inability to sit alone quietly in a room by himself. Exactly. That's and it. We are looking for, perpetually looking for those things that kind of, fill the silence because the silence is deafening yeah and we're not taught as you say like in the education system at the moment we're not taught how to how to be in touch with with that voice in your head Mm. and being able to being able to listen to it in such a way that it's not just kind of yelling at you yeah i've dealt with negative self-talk for huge like I can't remember a time when I haven't dealt with negative self-talk in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, my the, the kind of aha moment for me was um, my brother went through a period of um, quite significant struggle. And when he was working through that period, um, the, the individual that he was seeing that was helping him through that when they started talking about negative self-talk is that if you, if you have this voice in your head and it is overwhelmingly negative... And if it's the sort of thing that you wouldn't, if someone said that to you and your immediate reaction would be to punch them in the face, Mm. why is it okay for you to speak to yourself in that way? Mm. Is it like, why is that okay? I mean, if that, that for me, like as soon as I kind of hear that, it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm like, if I was seeing myself talking to me like this, I think I was an asshole. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, like developing, developing that sense of self awareness, and then learning that though sometimes that self talk is quite negative, can be quite hurtful. There can be a reason that you're doing it as well, and it it may not just be because you're giving yourself a hard time, where you're saying like, "Oh, I'm worthless," or "I can't do this," or "You're not good enough." It sometimes it's a case of like, you need to look at mm. something you're doing at the moment. There's exactly. a behavior that you're doing, that you're engaging in. I just want to see if I go. Sure, sure, sure. That you're kind of engaging in yeah. that is no longer serving you. And yeah. that voice is there to kind of keep you accountable. But we don't know how to listen to it. We don't know mm-hmm. how to to sift from the, the kind of negativity of like you're a piece of shit versus like actually like you're being a bit of a dick now. You should probably change. Yeah. Well, I mean... I totally agree with you, and in in uh, from the science research, mm-hmm. we now understand that we have around sixty thousand to seventy thousand thoughts per day, and each each thought carry that its own emotions and feeling. Yep. And so, also it also said that we have around seventy percent of negative thought over thirty percent of the positive thoughts, mm-hmm. right? And I think. I trying to figure this out like why why this happens and what I came to conclusion was just that because we are uh, our world is so uh, influenced by 
media as in movies, right? Mm-hmm. And all the movies, if it's so peaceful, they cannot sell the movies, yeah. so they have to add violence, a lot of sex, and just some fucked up things, mm-hmm. so that it's intriguing the the human nature, the survival mm-hmm. instinct to come out, and so because we grow up in this culture. I would say it's kind of like programs our subconscious, and so we tend to have those voices mm-hmm. that coming out uh, in in more a negative way. Mm-hmm. But that's just part of my observation. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that kind of advertising works to a certain extent, isn't it? The only way that you're going to get someone to buy something is if you tell them that they're lacking something yeah. in the first place, and whatever it is that you're selling is going to fill that gap. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's how the world is being manipulated, mm-hmm. and and like you said, now we are self-destruct. Yeah. You know, and and so hopefully this kind of conversation, mm-hmm. you know, to help raise awareness so that we we don't fall into that trap. Into the trap. Yeah. yeah. Now the the squeaking that was uh that was just on the recording. We have just been joined by your three cats. <laughs> what are your cats called? Oh, okay. Good question. So uh, my cats are called Sati, Satang, and Chokti. Sati means awareness. Sati means awareness. Uh, Satang means money uh, or abundance, and Chokti means luck. Mm-hmm. And the reason I named them those because I want to. Uh, pro- program my subconscious every day that in my life this is what I have, kind of way. Yeah. So every time you see them, you are reminded of all of the positive things and drowning out that seventy percent of negative thoughts. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And and that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, name naming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think. Now might be a better place to finish. I think we've explored that quite well. Okay. <laughs> the The last question um, that I like to ask all of my guests is the purpose of this podcast is to explore issues surrounding mental health and different ways that different people manage them in different spheres. So obviously with you involved in business, if there is someone who is listening to this show right now and they find themselves in a particularly dark place and they're really struggling with whatever it could be depression it could be anxiety Mm. it could Mm. be guilt it could be any number Mm. of things Mm. if there was one thing that you could recommend that they do Mm. that would help them move forward through this this dark patch as it were what would that one thing be i would say be selfish and more of the self-love you know uh, just figure how can you love yourself more each day uh, instead of just trying to distract yourself from the reality uh, I think that's a key to, to to a sustainable and happy life self-love yeah. self-love and don't look for distractions yeah just trying to cut away distraction because it's easy to know what we don't like than to know what we like mm-hmm. and so trying to cut those that may not give us a long-term uh, benefit or well-being and once you do more of that just in the beginning i mentioned is about like it's like peeling an onion to the point where you found your core that's that's when you find who you are mm-hmm. yeah. perfect thank you very much Tims. Thank you very much, Ben. This has been thank you. this has been a great conversation. Thank um, you. And thank you everyone else for listening.
That was Rolling Forwards. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you enjoyed this episode or you feel that there is something that I should be talking about or someone that I should be talking to, please don't hesitate to get in touch. The most effective way to do that is to leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you are listening on. I will read any and all reviews, so please leave me your comments so I can provide you with even more value. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next time.